1997 saw the end of one of the biggest news stories of the 90s. O.J. Simpson, already found not guilty in criminal court, was found guilty in a civil court liable to pay $33.5 million to the families of the people he murdered. A world-famous actor, yes, actor, he was in The Naked Gun, was tried for a brutal murder and was only kind of punished. In 1984, something similar happened. John Holmes was accused of murdering three members of the Wonderland gang after reportedly not getting a fair share of a robbery take. After a highly publicized three-week trial, Holmes was acquitted of all charges, but jailed for 110 days in contempt of court. John Holmes' name and court case haven't gone down in history quite like OJ, but Holmes was one of the biggest stars of a particular genre and brought pleasure to many people along the way. His story was told in the documentary Exhausted, John C. Holmes' The Real Story, which was later mocked in a short film by Paul Thomas Anderson called The Dirk Diggler Story. Anderson would adapt this short mockumentary in a feature that is my favorite movie of 1997, Boogie Nights. We're about to make film history right here on Videotape. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined as always by... I'm Chad Oliver, and are you my mother? I'm Mark Wallington, and yes, sweetie. Isn't Great. that nice? Yeah, that's cute. Isn't that sweet? Um, so the way this show works is we pick our favorite movie for every year we've been alive, and then we talk about what won the Academy Award, and then we talk about what won the Razzie, but this is the beginning of our 1997 mm. miniseries, so we are starting with Chad's pick, and he has chosen That's true. Boogie Nights, but before we get into that, I feel like we need to talk about some breaking news, right? It's going to be yeah. kind of late to people once they hear it. Um, well, to film Twitter people, but yeah, normal yeah. people who don't obsess over movies... It'll be, be okay. hopefully a bit fresh to you. Mm-hmm. And like, we just have to talk about it now because it broke the day we were recording and we just didn't know like how to make sense of it. And mm-hmm. it just really felt like the platform to discuss the fact that Officer Tom now has his best friend because Sonic the Hedgehog was cast by Ben, was cast as Ben Schwartz. Um, which means that's right. Sonic is playing the role of Ben Schwartz. <laughs> right, Sonic's playing <laughs> the Ben Schwartz. You phrased that. Um, yeah, I phrase it uh, horribly. The because best I'm bits just, of mice and men. Uh, right, I know. Something. I just, I don't know. I just, the reason I stumbled is because I'm just so excited because now that this Sonic the Hedgehog movie is happening, we can finally get a focus on Officer Tom. It is great right. to me that they are honoring mm. the canon of Sonic move, like Sonic yeah. media, by incorporating. Officer Tom in because you can't now, have Sonic without Tom because people other people may say like look you have to have tails you have to have knuckles you have to have shadow you have to have the rabbit blorp, the the robot <laughs> henchman right right you have to have Dr. Robotnik and Dr. Robotnik's in this one he's being method acted by Jim Carrey who's running around in mm-hmm. a robot suit trying to steal my eggs oh my but god what if the Jim and Andy doc was about him as Dr. Robotnik okay hold on, couldn't get hold on hold on stop character. I'm calling college humor right now <laughs> we, we need to work on this sketch video uh, uh, this is college humor uh, do you have a pitch for me uh, w- w- leave a message at the dick um, <laughs> College humor is actually fine most of the time. Um, funny or yeah, die. Yeah, just a dumb name for it. Right. Uh, funny or die, maybe we'll call them. But yeah, I hope he method acts as <laughs> Dr. Robotic. He's just like. What if he actually takes over the world, though? 
And we would be like, fuck. I mean, we knew he was serious, but like we didn't know he was this serious. Um, but like usually Dr. Eggman's plots are like he's going to block the, the the sun from like shining on the earth so that the flowers die or some shit. Like, I mean, which it's usually good. not it's that too hot out. Anyway, but fuck Dr. Hot. Robotnik. I don't care about him. Officer Tom. They are right. doing Officer Tom. They have cast James Marsden. They are doing it right which it means hopefully we get baffling. a spinoff of Officer Tom. <laughs> it is truly, yeah, know, a spinoff would be good. A spinoff like uh, I'm a so dark... glad that they, they, they cast the main characters first, Officer Tom. Officer Tom. Officer first. Tom first. First yeah. out the gate. Because that makes sense. Not going to cast sense. a fucking other person, Officer I mean, Tom. you got to start with a character you can build a franchise off of. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you got you to gotta have your franchise base, Officer mm-hmm. Tom, and you got to fill in your supporting characters around him, the villain. The sidekick, Sonic. <laughs> the sidekick, um, Sonic. Right. Yeah, the titular sidekick. Now, I've 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 seen online Brandon Wardell really wants to be cast as Tails, and I'm here for it. I think he'd be great. His I... Tails is kind of can can go to hell a little bit, and so can Brandon Wardell. So, um, I think Tails should be. I don't know who it should be. Josh Gad, probably. Probably uh, Josh, Josh Gad. <laughs> Josh but I think Gad he's a little busy favorite. next year. Josh Gad nah, put a Google alert on Ad- Adapts <laughs> um, and calls his agent every time it dings. Well, he just hears like <laughs> Disney movie or mm-hmm. animated movie, and he's like, mm, I'm in, dog. Um, no, okay, so for real, if we were casting Tails, who should it be? I mean, I think Shadow, let, let's cast Shadow, because he's the most important after Officer Tom. Uh, Sonic is third. Sure. But Shadow's, like, badass, and he has guns, and he, like, oh, came well, back from the dead definitely, a couple times. Uh, definitely Stranger Things, kid. If it's Ben Schwartz as Sonic, just for bits' sake, you get the Stranger Things. Uh, oh, uh, fucking. Um, Joe Keery. Joe, Joe Keery, yeah. Joe Keery, yeah. Wow, I can't believe I got that poll before either of you. Yeah, and I own 75 pieces of Stranger Things merch. And um, I didn't finish the second season. It's oh, good, wow. you dumb it's idiot. So I'm sure it is. Fucking watch it, dickhole. Watch there are it. better TV <laughs> shows. Watch it. No, there's not. Watch it in October. It's spooky and it's fun. I'm gonna um, finish all of the Star Trek series first. <laughs> anyway, that's too long. Uh, uh, after Next Generation, do it. Um, so, um, you know what show we're gonna have to like spend a lot of time on, right? Officer Tom, mm-hmm. the series where we really like delve into Officer Tom as a young man before he met the talking hedgehog people. Um, before, right. And it'd like, be called. It could, it'd be called Green Hill Zone. Right, exactly. Uh, come on, Fox. It could, yep. Um, it, it, sprinkle in some Dr. Eggman origin story throughout. That's what I was saying. Yeah. It, it's a dual story, like mm-hmm. how Gotham is about Jim Gordon. Wait, but what's a little this bit show? About the I've Joker. never heard of the, What is this? Never heard of Gotham. Yeah. Oh. yeah it's I'm just, like... The, I'm just spitballing the new idea about a new Sonic the Hedgehog show. What are it, you... It, it's like the Alfred show that's coming mm-hmm. to stars, but it's about Jim Gordon. Um, I forgot the there was an for, Alfred show yeah, so coming this sounds to like stars. A bit, okay, I bit over, Officer Tom is going to be the best character in Sonic the Hedgehog. It's going to win Best Movie at the Oscars, which is a thing now. Um, best Film. Different from what's Best Film. Win, but, yeah. Well, yeah, it's different than... Uh, well, Detective Pikachu picture. will win Best Film, obviously. obviously. So, so we got that solved. I have my money on Jungle Cruise. Um, Jungle Cruise? Dude, Loki Jungle Cruise may rule. Look, it's the director of Skyscraper. How can it not be good? 
Emily Blunt is how it can be good, is my that answer. Is. Um, okay, so that's we figured out aw- the movie awards for next year. What we need to solve is 2019 movie award, or TV awards. Um, right, because this is a future casting <laughs> television <laughs> future podcast. Casting, so we're right. doing our due diligence by right. talking about... Alfred is a show that's coming out. Teen yeah. Titans Go makes a joke about an Alfred show existing. Alfred movie. Movie. movie but yeah. still, the fact that there's a fucking Alfred show coming out is it's truly so batshit, and we're truly in peak okay, media. Just what's everything. Going on Throw at it at Warner the Brothers. fucking wall. What is going on at Warner Brothers, though, where like, Teen Titans Go is constantly making fun of like the state of the DC franchise. And, I love like, it. They make fun of the Martha stuff in Batman vs. Superman in a really funny way. They, they do. Kind of the villain. Their whole plot is to drop the DC streaming service, which uh, yes, it is, which is insane. That that's essentially the premise is making people download DC streaming service is the bad guy's plan, so that it's they could the hypnotize villain, them and take over the world. But literally, the villain of Teen Titans Go is the director of the of the Batman movies. It's Zack Snyder. Yeah. Wait, yeah, no, it's well, not. it's uh, <laughs> it's Will it, Arnett. It, well, but the bad guy is the director. Spoilers, yeah, the, by the way. Oh. Yes, spoilers for Two Titans Go. It is the director of Batman vs. Superman 2, uh, Slade, but no. Who, Wade, Wade Wilson? Slade. It's Slade is, Wilson. What, Jade, Jade Wilson. Jade Wilson. Jade is Wilson. The, is the, the female. It's a really obvious twist. So I don't, and it's a children's movie. Right. And uh, if you haven't seen it already, you probably won't see it. So I don't feel bad about this. No. Uh, it's, uh, can we consider Teen Titans Go my Megaplex pick since we're already, you know, yeah, yeah, we can do that. let's go for it. Uh, can I tell you a tweet that I saw that reminded me of the Martha joke in Teen Titans Go? Somebody just said at the end of the Meg, J- Jason Statham stops fighting the Meg because his mom's <laughs> name is Meg. It's dumb, but it's funny. I, it's not my joke. I saw it on Twitter. Um, it's pretty it good. Made me, good. It made me it's laugh. Yeah. I saw I saw Teen Titans Go with um, our friend Eli, mm-hmm. um, who you heard on friend the last the episode cast. if you listened to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, he made fun of me for laughing so hard at coming broom at the <laughs> end of the... <laughs> Um, well, it it's, it's funny because joke. it said coming broom at the end of the Alfred trailer and at the end of the Batmobile trailer it said coming, coming broom which is very good which is so good yeah. and he was like that's such a Mark joke for you to laugh at and I was like it's a funny joke no, was there something with funny. the utility belt movie some funny I joke I don't they, remember they didn't have a coming something at the end of that trailer or, oh they that. Did, you didn't even get to see the whole trailer because like Robin had like stood up and, yeah right, never mind right, right, right. I, I can yeah but I still podcast, spent the rest of the uh, uh, the rest of the movie trying to think of a pun for that like coming coming I got nothing coming room because there's plenty of room in the utility belt it's not good coming, but it's, it's the not best good and no one would get it when you coming said swim? when you said room I thought you were talking about like the movie room. Mm. And it just made me sad because coming mm. groom grooms wear belts, right, Chad? Uh, I wore a belt when I was a groom. Cody, are you yeah. planning on wearing a belt when you're a groom? Fuck no, belts are for nerds. Oh hell. <laughs> um, oh ass. Um, okay, so Mark saw Teen Titans go to the movies. Yeah. What mm-hmm. did you see, Chad? Well, Cody do, and do I do one super quick. Do one yeah. super quick, so well, we can talk about eighth grade super fast. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Cody and I saw together Christopher Robin, which yeah, let's talk uh, about that. rocked my world, and I loved it a lot. It cried. I cried in okay. front of Chad. Don't at me. <laughs> oh, Cody doesn't like don't at me. <laughs> no, because it's fucking dumb. For real. The most beautifully shot of the movie. The most the most <laughs> beautifully shot movie of the year. So it far. is 
shocking Easily. how gorgeous it is. It uh, people have compared it to a Terrence Malick movie in the way it looks, and yeah. they're not wrong with no, how it's, it's like, shot. It has a coherent plot. Is the only difference. Right. Straight up, Pooh walks by like you know, like weeds, and like runs his hands through them like it is a fucking Malick movie. We're the beginning of Interstellar. Right, exactly. Like, beginning of Interstellar, Pooh right? sitting yeah, yeah, yeah. on like a cliffside looking over the Hundred Acre Wood. Gorgeous. Sitting all alone with his bl- red balloon that just makes him happy. Mm. It's shot. It's just, it's beautiful. The imagery in this movie is like amazing. It's, al- it's also very funny. It's very um, funny. Heartwarming, you know. Performances are good. Vo- yeah. All the voice acting stellar. All the regular acting I think is great. Haley Atwell is great. Ewan McGregor. And so... You know. I, I love the Paddington movies, obviously, but like Obby. the one area where the Paddington movie, they don't lose me because I love them, but like the one where I'd like maybe try to like fix it if I had to complain about anything is that the plots are usually like, uh, the second one was an improvement on this, but the first plot is like, I'm going to be skinned alive by this evil like taxidermist <laughs> or some, something like yeah, that. Yeah, true. <laughs> and then this, the second one is like, it, it's it, what Paddington wants is to get the pop-up book for his aunt, but it turns into this like, He's framed for like stealing, and it's this big thing. It's kind of a convoluted plot, right? It, it, it's but, it's way bigger stakes than yeah. you would like. Kind of want Christopher like Robin that. is literally just about being around people that make you happy and enjoying yeah. that, and like that's what the movie's about, and yeah. that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that. I think that animation is gorgeous. The way they like animate, yeah. uh, like Pooh to walk, and like you know all the other characters. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I love Paddington. Paddington Two is still my favorite like movie of the year. And mm-hmm. obviously, they get comparisons. I they get comparisons because they're bears. It's yeah. it, there's more to they're it than so that. Different. They're but yeah. they, they, they're both very like sweet and mm-hmm. you know heartwarming and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why the the comparisons are kind of like inherent. But yeah. they're both um, part of this nice core. I think was yeah. the uh, mm-hmm. the word Ehrlich, um coined that term. Yeah. yeah. Um. But 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 where Christopher Robin is different for me is like Winnie the Pooh is ingrained into me like straight up to a level that I didn't like realize because I like if you had asked me like straight up a year ago like what I think about Winnie the Pooh I'd be like I don't know like fine whatever I guess mm-hmm. the minute I saw the trailer sobbed um mm-hmm. like and do. then yeah. and then like it was talking to like my parents and stuff and it was like oh no like we read Winnie the Pooh to you every single day you watch the TV show every single day as a kid that's why you're reacting so strongly to it and I was like I mean I guess I always thought I liked him but I didn't like realize and then no joke the movie opens I'm crying, mm-hmm. um, which is a bit ridiculous but it it really like it has that nostalgia factor to me it really like affected me emotionally and it rules mark's not as hot See, on it poo for me was like maybe number three bear um behind berenstain and little mm-hmm. um well berenstain so is I like didn't four connect. bears just right right there that's true yeah okay. and well, mark well, like, i don't know if you can support the berenstain banes right now uh in this climate because they definitely voted for trump <laughs> wait <laughs> um, what <laughs> Uh, think about it. The Bernstein Bears definitely voted for Trump. They're definitely Middle America Bears. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Um, little Little Bear was a nice little bear, though. He's um, a nice little bear. Nothing against Little Bear. Right. Um, Should we be teaching bear kids bear that bears are kind? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Fuck um, it. Who cares? Teddies. 
Sure, um, but you you walk into the forest, you see a bear. Does the kid try to go hug it? No. Is kids that a problem? Aren't that dumb. Kids aren't that kids dumb. Kids are pretty important. Mark, oh, you know talk about what you were going to say. Who might be number four behind the Charmin bears in terms of bears? Okay. okay. Now you're getting, Fuck okay. you. Okay. Don't let Mark finish. <laughs> Let's move on. Cody. It was a pretty movie. It's 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 plot felt like three episodes of a TV show. Cody. I don't think that's I I mm. I don't think that's too it's Episode one. They go to find uh-huh. Pooh's friends again. Episode yeah. two. Um Pooh or uh they go find Pooh's friends. Episode two, Pooh disappears, they have to find Pooh again. Yeah. Episode three They they go to the thing. The thing is, Mark, I I I'm not dis I don't disagree with you. I think that works for the movie and the reason I do is because that's I don't know that this is a great argument, but Pooh movies are always structured that way. Uh, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh are straight up just like three different stories. Um, But also, I I don't really see it that way. I see it. I mean, sure, it's like episodic in a way where it's like there are these like specific goals that are like really like small goals to get to this point, to get to this point, to get to that point. But it's all about just largely Christopher Robin coming to terms with like learning what's important in life, and like it all like follows this like larger arc for him. So for yeah, me, it works. Sure, it just felt like a little bit. It's weird to call to complain that Winnie the Pooh is too simple. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's, I, I, I love that, that about it. About feels it. like my complaint. Interesting. I, I, I don't want a complicated Pooh movie though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand that, but I don't necessarily need a poo movie. I guess um, I did need it, and I loved it a lot. Look, all I'm saying is that the, if any bear is named Pooh, it should be the Charmin bears. <laughs> Good point. Um, <laughs> so, so I, um, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of those complaints that it is a bit simplistic or like things don't make sense, but it 100 percent is kind of a Frank Capra movie. It's very, it's a wonderful life in ways where it's just like magical realism. Things just happen yeah, because I mean, they I'm do. Not and I love by all the, that stuff. I'm not going to be like, Ooh, it doesn't make any sense that Pooh showed up in London because his tree goes right, to right, Notting right. Hill, whatever. Yeah. Um, that doesn't bother me. I mean, you can create your own universe in a world where a right. teddy bear comes to life. Right. Um, it just, it, the plotting just felt a little bit like simple and. Right. Yeah. I everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You're good, Mark. Yeah. I just some, like some of them it, might be incorrect, <laughs> but it's fine. It, it just it yeah. just very much to me like I think I like tweeted about it or like put this in letterbox is not super often do I see a movie where I'm like this is a movie I'm going to revisit my entire life. Christopher Robin was because it's a movie that like could show kids in the future, etc. Like it, it, I can mm-hmm. see it being a comfort food movie. The other thing I will say about it and why I loved it so much because they could have made a bad miscalculation and they didn't. It 100% rules to me that Winnie the Pooh is real in the movie. And they could yeah. have done the oh, Christopher yeah, Robin awesome. imagination thing and I was worried mm-hmm. and that would have fucking At one sucked. point in the movie, he bonks his head and I was really worried that it was like, oh yep, no, the rest is going to be like, mm-hmm. yeah. Me too. Um, and they didn't do that and it yeah. rules. So yeah, I was worried about that when Pooh like randomly showed up in London. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but 
That's not how it ended up. So, Cody, since we got through that one so quickly, um, now (laughs) I think we can talk about Eighth Grade. uh, Um, Well, the thing is that I wanted to talk about the other movie a little bit more because Eighth Grade Mm -hmm. is just Eighth Grade rules. Um, There's just there's a high chance there's somebody does an episode about it uh, in the future. Um, Oh yeah, I'd say that's really likely. So I think it's very good. I think it's important. It feels more accurate to things that are happening than a lot of movies do. I think the performances way are more, great. Way more people quoting LeBron James Vine in this movie oh than in other God. movies, yes. which is realistic to my life because I quote that Vine a lot. Right. So LeBron James, you now live in the same city as him. So every time you see true. him on the streets, you have to say LeBron James. L.A. Braun. Am I right, guys? Okay, I'm a right. Lakers so, fan now. I promised I would be a Clippers fan, but I can't. I can't not be a LeBron fan. Yeah. So okay, this is not the podcast for this. Anyway, um, sports it's, time with the boys. I don't know. Um. So yeah, I think it's good. I probably was not the person to talk about it because both of you boys liked it more than me. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it was very good, and it we hit all me gave it five stars. We all gave it five stars. But you guys like <laughs> actually. So yeah, we. we but we you, were you guys way harder it, on it than we were. You guys like ranked it higher than me. You guys mm-hmm. like um. It's just like. It it worked for me. It just like I don't Cried know. A lot I I, I can't one. put my finger on what felt like a little bit off for me, but it I, ruled. It was great. Here is here is what I love about that movie is that it perfectly captures like the anxiety of being so worried that you'll look weird. Right. But at the same time, it captures how literally every middle schooler looks dumb. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. there's mm-hmm. a scene where she's like walking into a pool party and she's so nervous, and it just cuts to like dumb kids in goggles yeah and mm-hmm. like a kid picking his nose right and like even the popular kids look like fucking dorks because they're in yep. seventh grade right like eighth grade sorry right. clearly name of the um, movie <laughs> <laughs> how did like, you get that it, wrong <laughs> that doesn't make any sense I, to me I, uh, every middle schooler is in seventh yeah. grade in my opinion and um, the, there's good. some i'm sure people have heard there's some really like harrowing scenes where it's like fucking hard to watch oh and, and it's like, just like jarring the placement in the movie because like mm. The whole movie's pretty, like, almost like one note up until one point where it's just like awkward anxiety. To a, not to like in a way that like affects the movie in a negative way for me, but then you start getting all uh, yeah, this like think, happiness um, and joy, right. and then it just like cuts to like oh really dark hard times. Um, right. This sucks. I, th- I think what you said wasn't to its detriment was mm-hmm. what was a little bit to its detriment to me. Because okay. I was like, okay, I get what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then the movie, okay. but then the maybe they spent a little too much time on that before they got to anything else. Maybe if that, I'm going to complain about anything about this movie, it would be that, but I don't care. It was all enjoyable to watch. Well, um, I don't think that it really was because, like, I don't know. I feel like the movie does have a lot of different things going on. Mm-hmm, um, for sure between like her wanting to be friends with the popular girl and her wanting to like right uh, we're having that crush Mm -hmm. uh, and then her with the high schooler like the the whole relationship with the high schooler like fucking ruined me yeah um Uh, another reason i think this movie was brilliant is there's this scene where people just like connect because they were like oh you watch rick and morty (laughs) oh i watch rick and morty too like so it's not about that specific show but that's very much like how my life always worked and you don't Mm -hmm. see that often in movies because they don't reference other movies most of the time so to see Mm -hmm. people connect because they're like oh you like this thing i thought that was really cool i think it's just i saw everybody was talking about like 
oh, I was sobbing the whole time, that sort of thing, and I didn't have that, so I was like, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm not. Um, but I saw Christopher Robin on both sides of it, so maybe I was like, I, <laughs> I saw that movie twice, so maybe that's I was just cried out. But maybe um, that yeah, the it just dad didn't stuff me that and way. the the high school friend stuff all wrecked me quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, have you seen My Name Is Doris? No, no. Um, but my name is Doris. Is a movie about Sally Field having a crush on what's his name from New Girl, um, mm-hmm. and she's like old and weird, and he's like young and hip, right? Um, and is the whole Schmidt? thing gave me a panic attack because I was like, it? why is he friends with her? She doesn't. He doesn't. He's too cool for her. What if all of my friends are too cool for me and they're only being friends with me because they pity me? Um, and it, like it really captured that feeling in a way that was like too much for me. Yeah, um, eighth grade was similar. And eighth grade was similar, but like it made a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 like it was comforting in its depiction of that right. because it wasn't like my my name is Doris. Feels like he's friends with her because he thinks it's funny to be friends with like an old woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in in eighth grade, it was like the high schooler was friends with her because she like actually liked her and saw that she had like potential to be cool. Right, right. Um, like she probably saw herself in eighth grade in her yeah. was the, the yeah. thing. Yeah, and and that felt I recognized like myself in that in like a more healthy way than I did in my name. Yeah, yeah. Hi, welcome to therapy with Mark. Right. <laughs> I guess I guess like my one complaint about it would be in movies we simplify things obviously but the fact that she had no friends seemed like a bit of a stretch to me because you would think like let's have her have like one or two weird friends because most people even Um, if they were weirdos had friends i don't know that it can definitely Uh, think of some people that just didn't really have friends i don't and it was like because they were quiet hmm I yeah, I mean, and it's like nothing, nothing against these people or anything like that, because um, like you know, nice people. Middle school's not for everyone. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, they just didn't like. That's not where they like flourished and made friends. But also, like, it could be, and this is not a great argument here, but it could be that like she did have people that would be considered friends from the outside yeah but because it was from her perspective she didn't have any friends while like she might talk to people at school occasionally um she she wouldn't like consider people her friends see i just i don't i think it's just because i like um, maybe like the freaks and geeks method of showing it a bit more of where it's like oh no you're the loser you still feel all that anxiousness about being cool you feel like you're alone but you've got like one or two buddies that you still see all the time. Yeah. That feels like more of a true experience, but I don't know. I haven't lived every experience. So yeah. what do I know? Here's, here's another thing that I learned about myself at this job um, where I work with kids all the time. Mm-hmm. I love seeing kids fall in love with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, when I fall in love with, with each other, I mean like, like each other and not know what to do with that feeling. <laughs> right. Um, and Eighth grade uh, definitely there is, that there well. is like a relationship like that here where like, this kid is like attempting to flirt and it is just like mm-hmm. cringeworthy, but in like the most adorable way possible. Yeah. It's right. So well, funny that, that too. kid was all, uh, I don't know if we were quite as odd as that kid, but I feel like we all were probably um, pretty close. You might be talking about a yeah. different crush scene than me. Mar- Mark's talking about the boy who had the crush. Well, yeah, I'm talking the, about the pool party kid. Yeah. He, yeah. he was hilarious and great too, but uh, I mean, also, um, 
uh, what's the main character's name? Uh, Elsie Fisher. But like her actual name. Yeah, but yeah, Elsie uh, Fisher. Sure, we'll call her that because I can't think of the character's name. But she had a Kayla. crush on a Kayla. 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 What a good uh, name. He's so good. But yeah, she had she... the crush on the popular boy, and that was handled really well. And right. Yeah. Really funny as well. But but yeah, what Mark was uh, talking specifically about was like how that nerdy kid was trying mm-hmm. to like show his interest, which I thought yeah. was captured really well and was like they were both awesome. trying to be kind of like guarded, but also like I'm into you, but it was, it was right. great. Um, and um, trying to impress her with his nerdy shit, which has been mm-hmm. my whole life. Um, we should <laughs> Here's probably... the last thing yeah, I will say yeah. about eighth grade. Kayla Fisher has the best Twitter of any movie star I'll right see now. Fisher. Um, Whatever. <laughs> Go to her Twitter. She doesn't have enough followers. Um, uh, well, also, Mission Impossible Fallout came out, and it was one of the best oh, action yeah. movies I've ever seen. Oh, we, hey, we, we don't spoil- have enough time to go into all of this. Spoiler these, alert, the uh, reloading the arms did not work. He lost that fight, so <laughs> it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Mission I don't know. There's a lot, I, It's one of the best action movies I've ever seen. It was such an experience. Um, I think we will talk about that at the Pickies as well. Uh, Pickies, probably, yeah. Um, so, let's talk about the movie we've gathered here to talk about. Chad, you picked Boogie Nights. I did. Uh, want to tell us a bit why you picked that? Um, I don't remember the first time I watched Boogie Nights, but I know that when I watched it, I really... Like it resonated with me in a way. I don't think I've seen a lot of movies like Boogie Nights that like, I guess like a lot of the movies I pick are weird movies that like blend to emotions uh, really well. Like Fargo blended this like really dark murder with like lighthearted comedy and like Boogie Nights like literally split down the middle. Like the first half of the movie is a different movie than the second half of the movie. And like, it can be like pretty jarring, but like, after that midpoint, like, surprise, I was just, like, leaned in and, like, really, really interested the first time I saw this movie. Um, and, yeah, there's just, like, lots of good scenes, um, interesting stuff with, like, a lot of characters, uh, like, particularly uh, Dirk Diggler, but, yeah. About how old were you when you first watched this movie? I was in college, like, for uh, sure, but... Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I, I guess I was probably, like, junior year, maybe? Maybe sophomore? Okay. Yeah. I also watched it in college and fucking hated it when I first watched it. But. Yeah, I don't really. I wish I could tell you why. I don't really know why other than I probably wasn't paying attention. Um, Making out. Or I was watching it. Making out instead of watching the movie. Nope. I was probably (laughs) watching it in a room where Mark was like fucking telling puns to everybody who walked by (laughs) or something. I Uh, have not seen this movie, so I cannot be to blame. Yeah, it probably wasn't, but I don't know. I just didn't love it when I first watched it, and now I like it a um, pretty good amount. Five stars so on Letterboxd amount, which, like... Well, spoilers. Floored um, me. It, like, surprised me so much when I saw that, because uh, you've given me so much shit for picking this movie. You didn't want to talk still about give you, PTA. I still give you shit. I still mm-hmm. give you shit. It's it's the basic white boy pick. Sure, um, we're going to have... But it is good. Yeah, we, we had our Cohen, our Coens are winning so far. They beat right. uh, Link later, and now we're into right. Paul Thomas Anderson territory. I uh, know. I keep trying to make us cooler, and you guys with, are driving us down Lion a path. King makes us cooler? Yeah. <laughs> it's a more interesting... It's more interesting pick. Is it more interesting, or is it yes. the pick a four-year-old would have, too? Well... That probably, but, but like, it'd be a fucking cool Christopher Robin taught me four-year-olds have a lot to bring to the uh-huh. table that we should think more yeah. like four-year-olds, but exactly. 
Okay, so let's get into the plot. So it's 1977. Star Wars is out. Really don't know why the movie isn't just them going to see Star Wars, because that's all I'd do in 1977. <laughs> um, well, they talk about it. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't be fucking. Mm, definitely he's would seen not it, He's be. seen it like four times. He says this. Does, yeah, okay, but we don't watch them watch the movie. <laughs> because Chad. then we'd just be watching Star Wars. <laughs> and there are copyrighted issues there. Um, so another movie that came out in 1977, I want to talk about this now just because the year is brought up, is a movie called Saturday Night Fever, mm. which, um, Mark and I both watched recently because we also do this thing sometimes where we as friends watch the same movies and Chad just doesn't watch the movies. I um, sometimes. <laughs> he's, he's in theory going to watch this movie eventually, but I was very, traveling. Traveling makes things okay, hard. Well, oh, well, yeah, just, I still have some time to watch this one though. You still I got until Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to watch but, this. Yeah. But so so it was interesting watching these movies do so closely together because Saturday Night Fever is very much, I think, I don't like it that much, but I think it very much like influenced Boogie Nights. It's very mm-hmm. much the starts very happy. We're going to show all the cool like upscale life takes a turn dark for the rest of the movie. It's very like stylized. It's obviously seventies. So part of me is like, Oh, it's set in 77. That's when Saturday night fever came out. Was this an intentional nod by Paul Thomas Anderson? They've, they feel similar in ideas, but I think Paul Thomas Anderson does it a lot better in this movie. Well, um, this movie also isn't set in one year. I know, yeah, but, but like it, the it still point. starts yeah. there. Yeah. I don't know. But it, it yeah, we go into the eighties years at a time. Yeah, right. I just it would just was an idea that I had also because I definitely think it was influenced by Saturday Night Fever. Uh, I, that one's about a dancer. This one's about a porn star. But I think it's very yeah. I mean, both of inspired. them are about like um, you know having fame. Although Saturday Night Fever is like much lower stakes fame, I guess right. Yeah, um, very but low. like kind of getting in over your head and. Um, yeah, I think they're definitely related. Um, but the main characters are uh, better in this movie and aren't uh, trash humans. So anyway, uh, you'll see, Chad. Eddie Adams uh, is our main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Eddie Adams. He gets um, a better he, name. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he, he has a bad home life, but we see it for like three minutes, so who cares? He works at a nightclub. Okay. and they're Okay, <laughs> I'm never gonna get through this. This is gonna be the but longest episode of all time. That's a little time. dismissive of the of the scene. His home I life think is it's pretty important to the movie. I would say. I yeah. think it's all pointless, and I don't need it at all. Uh, uh, but what's the movie about, Cody? Let like like big picture. What's it about? I, uh, I if I could talk about the plot, I might would know. Sure. Um, <laughs> But it's a, it's a, it's about I mean you've said it it's about a found family like and so sure, seeing the sure, family sure, sure. that he's grew up in is crucial to the, the so I don't know I know it was a joke that you said so who cares but I'm just point, calling it out because yeah and it's more than three minutes sometimes jokes aren't literal <laughs> um, he works at a nightclub and there he meets porn filmmaker Jack Horner who auditions him by watching him have sex with Roller Girl who is a girl who never takes off her skates. Uh, that's why she has the name Roller Girl. Uh, she's played by. Um, oh, is that is that where that comes from? Uh, Heather Graham. Yeah. 
Heather Graham yeah. from Twin Peaks. How uh, old was she when this came out? Because she looks real young. Not she was old. Pretty young. Yeah. Let me pull up that age for you. Older than um, she was in Twin Peaks, where the right main character now. was having a relationship with her, which it seems is as though she was odd when you think about it. 27 when she, this movie came out. What? She's a lot older than we think she is, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. She looks 16 in this movie. Yep. She um, was born in 1970. Oh, so she was seven years old. <laughs> so she was seven. Yes. Um, so Eddie changes his name to Dirk Diggler. Um, it, he it starts both, living. He's, both names make me think of dicks. So right. Yeah. So good name. Um, um, he got the name by picturing a um, marquee exploding when the name lights up, and the name was Dirk Diggler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very which, good visual. Yeah, I, it is a cool I love visual. That part. Um, he starts living with Jack and he starts doing porn and he's a huge star due to his huge slong. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, he's got a big dick. He he's wins living the in most al- popular, uh, achievement in porn star award in, uh, 1978. Yep. Yep. Um, Something like that. You know, those awards are real. Um, they have them every year, apparently. I believe it. Um, so now Dirk is living an all-star life. He's making major cash. Um, so Dirk and his good buddy Reed, played by John C. Riley, um, before he was known mostly for comedy roles. Remember mm-hmm. that, like, there's a whole period where John C. Riley was like only drama films. Yeah, well, like, John C. Riley started off with drama films. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he was in PTA's first movie. Yeah, he was in PTA's uh, debut movie, which is Hard Eight. PT- yeah, Heart Eight. I get confused because PTA wanted to call it Sydney, but then it was later called Heart Eight by the studio. Um, one of my favorite PTA movies and underrated movie, Heart Eight. Interesting. Real um, good. Yeah, John Z. Riley started off in a De Palma movie, was his first movie. Wow, that's um, so wild. And, and then he two- was in Days of Thunder. Like, it took him a while to get to comedy, uh, even though he's John- very funny in this movie. John C. Riley is um, the, like, initiator of the John C. Riley Award, which Michael Stuhlbarg won this past year, where he appears like in the most mm-hmm. movies nominated for Best Picture. Because he was three in movies three of them Best in two thousand two, yeah. which is fucking insane because there were five movies nominated. Yeah. Um so uh, wow. we forgot to say Dirk Diggler's Mark Wahlberg. You know who he is. Yes. Um so Dirk and his good buddy Reed, they pitch a series of action porn films and they're highly successful. We People should also say that Jack Horner is played by Burt Reynolds. From striptease. Striptease. This uh, is the peak of the Reynolds Zons. Yeah. He had to get low before he could go high. That Mm -hmm. is definitely true. Um, So Dirk's living it up with all of his friends in the porn industry, which includes Buck Swope, who is played by Don Cheadle. um, War Machine. War Machine, Rhodey. Um, He daylights as a Um, stereo salesman who dreams of owning his own store. Basher from Ocean's Uh, Eleven. That is true. Um, his name? He he wears a cowboy hat. He loves country music. He wants to own his own uh, stereo store. Um, we also have Amber Waves, played by Julianne Moore, um, who is a porn starlet who's been in the industry a bit longer than anybody else. Mm-hmm. She's like the mother to all of these people, like yes. the metaphorical mother. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's Scotty, uh, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's a boom operator uh, who has a crush on Dirk. Uh, which we find out later in a pretty like emotional scene where mm-hmm. he tries to kiss Dirk. Um, so everything seems bright and happy. Everything is ruling. Everybody's making money. It's a fun part of the movie, like because they're just having the time of their life, and the movie like really feels like that. Uh, but then there's a New Year's party, 
And mm-hmm. there's an, uh, the assistant director, Little Bill Thompson, played by Best Pictures uh, vet... Um, William H. Macy. William yeah. H. Macy from Fargo. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have been seeing, like, a couple times throughout the movie, his wife having sex with other people. Yes. She is a porn star. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he, she was just having sex at a party. Just, like, openly. Right. Well, the first one was, like, private in their, in their bedroom, and they're both mm-hmm. just like, get out. Like, let us finish. And, mm-hmm. and he does. Mm-hmm. He just leaves. And yeah. then Little the Bill seems time, to be the only one even remotely bothered by the fact that his wife is cheating on him. Everyone else is like, why do you care? Right. Because, because, because like, sex doesn't mean, like, what anything. it means to right. yeah. the rest of the world to them. Right. Because, like, like, the crowd of people were just at the party the second time we see it. Just a crowd of people were, like, just watching as it happened. And then another right. guy was, like, trying to have a conversation with him. And he was like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Uh, by the way, let's talk about the uh, the All shoot right, that's right. coming up because I know that. And it's just happening. I love the way that film mm-hmm. shot. I mean, that yeah. scene is shot. Like, it's just right there in between them. And he's sort of looking over. And then the other guy doesn't care. <laughs> right. And eventually the guy goes and watches. Right. So, uh, so, so, it's, does, it's, so, so he walks into the party yet again, his wife is fucking somebody else. And so he goes and gets a gun from the car mm-hmm. and he very calmly, <laughs> very like William H. Macy is normally kind of like over the top, like anxious, especially in Fargo. Like that's mm-hmm. what we know him from. Like anxious or angry. Yeah. Right. It, like that's normally how he I does. I am cooperating. Darn right. <laughs> And he's he's just very calm in this scene, and he just like walks through the door, shoots his wife, shoots the guy that she was sleeping with, mm-hmm. goes out to the front lawn, shoots himself. Yeah, so it's right like, oh shit! It's not it's not yeah. It, uh, do, doesn't the like clock like ding like in the background? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, yeah. Like, everyone's like, watching yeah. the ball drop on TV, and then they hear the gunshots, and then he comes out to, and then like the second he shoots himself in the head, it just cuts to 1980 or 1980s. Right. Um, and then the rest of the movie, I guess the eighties suck, uh, is the moral of the story. Um, well, so, so and that it, happens simultaneously with Philip Seymour Hoffman coming on to Dirk. Yeah. Right, that also exactly. happened at the party. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, so the whole idea is everything's going to be shitty now. It's, it's definitely <clears> the turn in the movie to everything was great before everything's bad now. Oh, and also at that party, um, a new producer approaches them about doing like, VHS movies instead of like videotape movies instead of film, right, which are right, cheaper right. to produce, easier to distribute, but like yeah. the, he doesn't mm-hmm. want to like uh, infringe mm-hmm. on his integrity. Right. So, so all this contributes to what ensues later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, and so, so that this like a murder suicide isn't like what causes everything that happens after it, which mm-hmm. I find, I think that's cool and interesting is like, it's just a bad yeah. thing that happens, but it's not because of this bad thing. Right. Everything else happens. It's just bad things. This happening. new year of like 79 to 80 was like a turning point for everybody. And, and just this suicide happened to be like right at that turning point. But right. at the same time, they are such a like family and that is like established just very concretely by the end of the Mm -hmm. movie that like, I don't know, maybe losing one member did have some like echo effects on these characters throughout. But, but yeah, it's not, it's not not like an explicit thing that like this caused this. Yeah. You never, you never get a sense of like Dirk is like little bill was my best friend. Right. Right. Which a lesser movie. Well, but yeah, that is kind of 
a lot of what I see in Paul Thomas Anderson movies is that mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like a line of events that all influence the next thing that happens. A lot of times yeah. it'll just be like, here are 15 things that happened over the course of 30 years. Right. And like, especially like there will be blood is, is a like, here are a bunch of things that happened. And if you look at them together, it kind of builds this character, um, in a in a way that I really like, but still also yeah. tells a story at the same time. And there will be blood is the one PTA movie that like really really annoys me and I don't like. Um, I think I, maybe it takes this concept that's present here and like takes it a little too far for me. But like here it like works for me that like you can have just like a vignette of this movie that really has like no narrative reason to be there, but it it's just like something he thought about that just like connects s- somehow and he puts it in and. It's like, sure, he can do that. That's fine. See, There Will Be Blood was the first PTA movie that I really liked. And I think it's because mm-hmm. it was so clearly like none of these things really have anything to do with each other other than it's the one guy and all of it is kind of him trying to accomplish his goal in various ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think that it, I, I really kind of at that point was like, oh, okay, PTA isn't trying to tell a story as much as like depict a character and the plot and like the arc mm-hmm. of his life. And oftentimes um, depict like a really weird family. <laughs> like yeah. here, the master, it's just like weird found families. Oh, uh, Phantom Thread is a weird found is a weird family or a weird couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen There Will Be Blood. If I could guess based on my current arc of PTA mm-hmm. of loving everything he's done. <laughs> I think I'm going to fall on Chad's side and probably hate it. Based on everything I right. hear about it, it sounds like the fucking anti-Cody And, like, movie. there are Here. certain scenes in the movie that I'm just like, that was an awesome scene, and there will be blood. Sure. But, like, it just, it doesn't connect in the way that, like, other, his other movies do for me. I don't know. I hear there's, Couldn't like, no why. dialogue for the first 20 minutes. Which, like, okay, and the first 20 awesome. minutes rule so hard. I love the first 20 minutes. But See, but if I wanted that, I would watch Wally. Um, <laughs> and not, there will be blood. Yeah. So, um, um, so, so I do remember when I, one of the things that really stood out to me the first time I saw this movie was this uh, murder-suicide scene. Um, because So... Here, okay. Here's when I saw the movie. When did uh, Twin Peaks? Not Twin Peaks. Sorry. When did True Detective uh, season one? 2014. When was that big? That was 2014. 2014. I saw this movie in 2014 because I was obsessed with long takes at the time because they did the mm. long take, and so I was like looking for it on all these movies and ah, the long take really of William H Macy nights. going to his car and getting the gun and then killing them. I was like, that's so awesome. And now I'm kind of like, he could have. He could, it wasn't that awesome. It was well, fine. I, but I, like, it's still a really, it's a good scene, but I don't know. It could have been shot better. I think, I think the whole point of long takes is like the sustained emotion and you can like, mm-hmm. you're never like cut away and like can lose the emotional thread of the scene. Right. Um, and it like just kind of builds on itself over time. And mm-hmm. I think like there are, there are really good reasons to use, um, long takes and this is there are a lot of really good examples of that in this movie Mm -hmm. there uh there is this canadian tv show i wish i knew the name of it but um my friend like sent it to me and it it it, they were watching it for something in class because of uh the long take and it is um a school shooting Mm. done completely 
in a uh, one take, but you're like following the cops. Like it's, it's a, a cop terrifying. show. Um, it is. I couldn't watch the full thing because it, f- it was fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Like so well done. I'm sure it's it was very like, tense. Um, yeah, it's um, it's very good. Um, I, I don't know. Like I kind of want to. It's called uh, 19-2 is the name of the show. Okay. And the episode is called School. Um, it, it's insane. Like it's a truly feat mm-hmm. of filmmaking, but it is not easy to watch, mm-hmm. but it, you don't actually really see the shooter also. I mean, you may at the end, I didn't get all the way to the end, but it, so it's just kind of the chaos of all of that and the victims and the cops, like helping people. Like it's, right. it's incredible. Um, so anyway, back to Boogie yeah. nights, um, Dirk and Reed start using cocaine, which m- is making it hard for dick to get hard um we so. we didn't talk much about um philip seymour hoffman coming on to dirk um did we want to talk more about that i know you had like mentioned it before it being an emotional scene but we didn't we kind of glossed over it a little bit i mean if you want to talk about it more talk about it well more. I, oh. I what's what's cool about that is at first it just seems like he is obsessed with him. He, Mm -hmm. he brings him outside to show him his car, which is the exact same car as Dirk had just bought. Right. Uh, And when that happened, I was like, Oh, interesting. He's like obsessed with them and he wants to be him. Um, and then he kisses them and I was like, Oh no, this is something completely different. Interesting. Um, It's a, cause like, I mean, earlier in the movie, he's like following Dirk around and he's like sucking on a pen and it's like very obviously just like this, phallus asphyxiation type thing going on. I don't, I just wasn't surprised he was gay at all if that's if that was the surprise. Yeah, I I he he seemed kind of odd mm-hmm. the whole time. Um but it never really came across as gay. Um but I don't know. I you in a very PTA kind of way, it's something that mm-hmm. happens and then is just never addressed again. Which is yeah. kind of weird, and like um, PTA or Felicity uh, Hoffman kind of sticks around in the rest of the movie as well, mm-hmm. which surprised me. I thought that he would be like embarrassed and leave right, the movie. just kind of in the background, and like really only interacting with Dirk one other time that I can think of. Yeah, um, yeah, because this is kind of like the end of the like that character. What is Philip Seymour Hoffman's character's name? Um, Scotty. Scotty. The character Scotty really doesn't have much of an arc post that moment. Like, it's just, he's got the nervous jitters around Dirk, and then he tries to kiss him, and then he just, like, has to be around him the rest of the movie. And he kind of gets replaced in their, like, friend group um, with, uh, what is his name? Todd. Yeah, Todd. The the mustache, former porn actor. Only in, like, one scene, though. Yeah, I don't know well, if a replaced is like fully accurate. Well, that. but like, like, um, I mean, there was this Scotty the scene where and they're all Scotty planning. and yeah. Eddie and um, I'm struggling to do do character names. John, uh, John C. Riley and Reed. Dirk and right. Philip Seymour Hoffman had kind of been like the three main characters. Mm-hmm. Like they had been like a group of three, and then Todd kind of takes over the third position in that group. Yeah, that... for for a little bit, and then it's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I completely agree with that because I think it's just one scene. Dirk and Reed have to go do something, and Todd goes with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, well, it's, but it's, they're always yeah. living together and doing c- cocaine together. Um, Todd's the one that gets them into cocaine, uh, and then after they start doing that, 
they just hang around. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Okay, yeah, yeah. So Jack is also starting to use a new leading man, mm-hmm. uh, which pisses Dirk off and causes him to storm off, and he's not making movies with Jack anymore because he feels right. like disrespected and stuff. Well, like he gets that. fired. It's it's one of those like firing by quitting <laughs> kind of things. Yeah. It's, it's like there was a meltdown and it resulted in the words you're fired, but like at the same time he wasn't gonna work like, with them again. He w- yeah, he's yeah. storming off. It's a real you can't quit me. You can't fire me. I quit kind of yes, moment. exactly for sure. Um, but also at that time, um, Burt Reynolds' producer gets arrested for like a, like a sexual yeah, assault uh, on a minor. I think yeah. Um, so he has to go to, to videotape and like his dreams and like cinematic mm-hmm. ideals are kind of thrown out the window as well. He get, he gets busted for child pornography. Right. Um, well, but also he's like, I didn't know she was 15. So it made it seem like, right. But yeah, the, in that scene, it was like, you didn't do anything with her, Right. And he says like, no, but when they were in my house, they found something okay. else right. and it was, right. yeah. The um, Dirk Reed and Scotty are trying to start a rock group, but it fails. They record songs. Um, I thought it was pretty <laughs> good. so bad, and it's uh, so great. What song is better, You Got the Touch or Feel the Heat? You Got the Touch. Probably You, uh, got, you the got the Touch. You Got the Touch is the better song. Yeah. The thing um, is, like musically, You Got the Touch could be like an Aerosmith an, song. An 80s hit, but then yeah. like... If it had a decent singer. Yeah, Dirk just can't do it. Which is great because it's Mark Wahlberg who got his start in music. Right. <laughs> Not singing. Um, so, yeah, like uh, Mark said previously, Jack is working with the theater magnate now because um, his producer got arrested. He didn't want to shoot on film. Um, he thought it would cheapen it. Mm-hmm. And so now he's doing straight to video stuff. He's doing kind of novelty videos, which includes one with Roller Girl where they drive around and find dudes on the street for her to sleep with. So they're just like, oh, come in the limo and you can have sex with Roller Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes horribly wrong um, because uh, the guy that they invite in to sleep with her is a guy that she went to high school with. And mm-hmm. so he's a fucking like real creep about it. And like yeah. once she says stop, doesn't quite stop when she wants him to. And then they beat the fuck out of him. Also, well, from a from that. a cinematic point of view, yeah. he didn't take he direction very well. No, not no. A very good this scene just shot construction. It's right. one of those because this is a movie that's like weird to like take in because parts of it feel like a straight up comedy, and then other parts are like super super dark. This scene is super super dark, but like Burt Reynolds directing, Jack directing, and just saying like, "Nah, you got to be sexier. Like, be sexier. Try to try to be sexier." That's like it's funny direction because it's just like. It, like what does that mean? Yeah, and like in but like it's also horrifying like what's happening like Roller Girl isn't having a good time and it's yeah. like it's right. bad what's happening. It's a See, it's I, a jo- like I didn't really I've that scene has never struck me as funny until a little bit like this time being my third time. This time with just with the direction just like be sexier. Like he's not like because what he's seeing is like almost borderline assault but like his response to it isn't like hey stop assaulting her it's like be sexier which is why i don't think that part is funny it, i think it, it is yeah. meant to be a like s- him saying be sexier isn't even meant to be it's like a they are disconnected from this they are right. they think of it as an art form that's what he's trying to get to but this guy is just give like doing like horrible like i mean he's he's just trying to fuck her and he's not focused on making art and jack is obsessed with art and so in this scene it's just further 
yeah. like showing that like his art is gone. Roller Girl's art is gone because they had to cheapen it by doing video, by doing mm-hmm. these novelty videos, right. that sort of thing. It, yeah, it, all this to say, I, I might come across as like, I find this scene funny. I don't. It's dark. Right. It's like in the chapter of the movie where it's like, hey, the fun times are over. This is like, now we're going to watch these vignettes of like these people have horrible shit having horror yeah 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 and and that scene is like cross cut with dirk mm-hmm. um selling a blowjob for ten dollars to a guy Not, who's like a secret yeah. homophobe whose friends come and beat the shit out of dirk mm-hmm. right so it's like intercut two sexual acts happening in the cars yeah and yeah that yeah. sort of stuff and like it was uh, something, it was like he was going to just masturbate in front of him for $10. And then, right. which is something he like referenced at the beginning of the movie yeah. uh, when talking right. to Jack about like when Jack was you trying to recruit him. You can see it for five and I'll jack off for 10. Yeah. Which was like the deal from the beginning. Yeah. 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 Well, but, but at, at this point he's like, I'll jack off for 20. And the guy was like, I only have 10. Yeah. He he's talks like, him down to 10. So it's fine. like this thematic like he's hitting his low point again like he's yeah he's exactly where he started rising and falling star kind of trajectory yeah and Um, at the same time um julianne moore's character um who had been like 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 i said earlier the metaphorical mother she mm -hmm. goes to her like divorce court and you find out that she actually has a son who she can't see anymore because Mm -hmm. she is involved with like pornography and drugs yeah yeah right and that is super sad because now you're Mm -hmm. like oh she is like a mother figure to these people because she isn't a mother figure to her son and she misses being a mother and it's like oh shit that's the saddest thing i've ever heard and roller girl and her have a scene we reference at the beginning of the podcast where like she we don't see anything about her family life we just know that she left high school to go to the adult film industry but like she clearly needs a mother. She needs like a family mm-hmm. too. And so like, it's kind of this like strange case of like this, like they're the perfect fit for each other in like a really dark way. Like she n- needs that, that uh, child in her life. And then roller girl needs that mother in her life. Um, yeah. Just yeah. a lot of broken people coming together. Also during this time, Buck um, is denied a loan yeah. from the bank due to his past of, of being in the adult film industry. And so so he's denied. He's sad. He's got a wife now. They go to, um, it's a, like a restaurant, right? Like uh, some, some restaurant. Yeah. They, yeah, it's a restaurant. Yeah. And so a stick-up happens and the robber is like, you know, trying to take all the money. Mm-hmm. But then there's all kind of shenanigans, the cashier and the, uh, or there's an armed customer who like tries to stop right. him. And that's a, who a good guy with all. a gun. Exactly. Three Literally so everyone dead, but so. Don Cheadle dies. What? Everyone but Don Cheadle gets shot. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so there's money on the ground and Don Cheadle just takes it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because his he needs money to start his yeah. Uh, business. Yeah. What so, else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? So then Dirk Reed and their friend Todd try to run a con where they sell fake cocaine to a super rich guy, but the dude is super crazy. This is what I love about this movie is so like uh, eventually the trajectory is Dirk Diggler. He's like, he's broken down. He's tired. And he goes back to Jack and he says like, can you help me? I'm sorry. I, I, I need you. Yada, yada. 
So, like, his low point when he was masturbating in the car for money could have been enough to get him to do that. And But instead, we just have this random, like, side adventure, and it's, like, my favorite scene in the movie um, where they go do this, where they try to do a drug con. It is not my favorite scene in the movie. It's the scene that everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's this movie's milkshake scene. Um, Chad, I That's know you don't like the milk. That's a reference you can't even, I, you can't I know even that make. You, yeah, I I know, Chad, but it's uh, still the scene that everybody talks about. Yeah, it is. Um, is this one, and I think it's fine. I think it's mm-hmm. entirely too long. Um, I, like it's a bit over the top in a way that mm-hmm. I think the rest of the movie hasn't necessarily been. Um, I think it's fine. Alfred Molina's good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just the kid with the fireworks is disorienting. It's very disorienting. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's a. I mean, I think the whole movie is good. Uh-huh. But for the to point and be like, this is the best scene. When I think Boogie Nights, I think this scene, which is what a lot of the uh-huh. internet reactions seem to be. I felt that to be a bit much. Which I think it's like, good, but it goes on way too long. I just love to think because like Paul Thomas Anderson was, I think, twenty six years old when he made this movie. And wow. Yeah. I, so I like to think of him as just this young filmmaker who like had an idea for a scene and it didn't really fit into the narrative, but he just dropped it in anyways. And like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. You've got the guy lighting off firecrackers and it makes the, the Dirk and Reed jump every single time. And that's funny. Uh, you've got that added tension. You've got, I love the drug dealers. Um, excuse for it too. It's just like, Oh, don't worry about him. He's, he's Chinese. Like that's just right. that's just what he yeah. says, and then have he you guys just it off. heard the story of the filming of that scene where mm-hmm. Paul Thomas PTA literally told the guy with the things like just throw them whenever you want to, like there was no <laughs> rhythm to it, and like that's why everyone is constantly jumping when it happens, yeah, because they have their back to it and they can't uh-huh. see when it's going to fall. Oh, that's right. so incredible. they're just like ev- like they're just like constantly on edge for like mm-hmm. a very loud noise. Then it comes uh-huh. and it scares them. Like in the scene that, that is, is like two or three guns that we know are there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and everyone is like high tension because they're robbing five thousand um, dollars. Right. And also they have guns, and also mm-hmm. there's just firecrackers going off in the background. Right. So and they, they, Alfred Molina sings. They, he's crazy. It's yeah. a crazy scene. It's fun. Um, it's fun. Jesse's girl. I've never, I can't listen to that song without thinking of this movie now. Weird. I love it. No. Uh, Because I hear that song all the time. Yeah, but I, and I always think of like the firecrackers going off and like, are we going to get shot? I think of like the long cut of Mark Wahlberg's face, just thinking like, how do we get here? Mm -hmm. As I'm thinking like, I thought I was watching the movie about the porn industry. How did we get here to this yeah. right. scene? That scene um, feels kind of like a Tarantino um, so, scene. So there's a gunfight when they try to leave. Mm-hmm. Lots of guns. Lots of shooting. Lots of guns. Uh, Todd ends up dead. They've gotten no money, but Dirk and Reed have, you know, escaped um, from the situation. Um, Dirk then reconciles with Jack. Uh, Buck and his wife have had a kid. Reed starts doing dirty magic shows, like he, you know, cuts <laughs> girls in half, but then they're topless, which is which is great. Yep. Um, Roller Girl goes back to school. Amber has become mm-hmm. a commercial director, but she also does porn. Uh, they act as a family, and they all hang out at mm-hmm. Jack's. You know, it's that kind of that found family. 
aspect of it. Also, in these like these last few uh, vignettes, we cut to the colonel, the old producer again, just in jail, getting the shit, shit beat out of him, uh, bleeding from <laughs> yeah. his face. The, oh, the guy yeah. got caught for child porn. So it's like everyone's having a good time. And then there's one cut where it's just Except like this guy. Except for the pedophile. Yeah, the pedophile gets gets his. But uh, yeah, which was, again, it's one of those like, it's a jarring movie where it takes different turns. Like it's like, oh, right. happy. This is this is nice in an odd way. And then it's just like, oh, oh yeah. But, but fuck that guy, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, then uh, the movie ends. Amber and Dirk are about to uh, do a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but to hype himself up, Dirk Diggler is giving it himself like a speech. Mm-hmm. We see Dirk's dong, and it's huge. It and is the huge. Movie ends. Yeah, the movie had been cutting around his dick the whole t- the whole time, <laughs> and right. he wanted to see it. <laughs> and then at the oh, end, yeah. he got to see it because everybody like the first time he pulls it out when they're filming his first scene, the camera operator like takes his eye off of the the uh, viewfinder just so he can see it in real life. Right. And uh, there's the, the the colonel who got busted for child porn. His reaction to Dirk's ding dong uh, was pretty funny. He just asks yeah. if he could see it. Then he stares at it for a while. He says, "Thank you, Eddie." That's all. He, <laughs> <laughs> that's all he it's says. weird. Yeah, it's um, yeah, like I, I, there's a lot of other movies that just would never show it, mm-hmm. and then they or uh, would show it way too often. Right. Yeah. And so this one Such shows it at the end. Movie. It's the big reveal. It's the big like final moment. Gosh, is this, is a, this is a weird movie, he, guys. Dirk this Diggler is, such a weird is like movie. is based off of John Holmes, who we talked about in the mm-hmm. monologue, who also had a 13 inch penis. Hell yeah. Um, Too small. Um, yeah. Um, it's much really smaller than mine. Um, <laughs> Man, Cody, you sound awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty cool. There were rumors that he never got fully erect, which I can't even imagine. I, ugh, shrug. I don't know. <laughs> don't even know how it works. Um, so the, the, the movie has a pretty stellar cast, as we've talked about. Do you guys think that it like was well cast? Does everybody kind of like fit their roles? Is everybody like good in it? Like they may fit their roles, but are they good in it? I think um, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, did did okay. you have anyone in mind <laughs> that you that you thought uh, could have done better? Or I don't think Mark better? Wahlberg's that great in it. Mm-hmm. I think the movie works partly because he isn't, but I mm-hmm. don't know how good he truly is. In who the movie. who would you cast uh, instead well, of? Can them? I give you some alternate I mean, I pitches uh, yeah, that PTA also considered? Sure. Keen Phoenix. Wasn't he trying to get Tom Cruise? Um. I didn't see that he offered it to Tom Cruise. He did okay. offer it to Leonardo DiCaprio. And Leo okay, could have done more with it a bit. That might have been who I was thinking of, oddly, even though they have nothing in common. I right. thought I remembered something about PTA wanting Tom Cruise for something. but uh, No, he, I think you're right. I think you're right, but I don't know if it was for the Dirk roller yeah, or something else. Um, something else. Well, Leo declined it because he, he was doing Titanic, but he's the one mm-hmm. that recommended Wahlberg. May have been a good choice. <laughs> yeah, he probably yeah. made more money on Titanic. I think so. Um. So, what about Burt Reynolds? He was kind of a risky pick at the time. Well, he and was I think just that in it worked out really well. I think Burt Reynolds was good in it. I thought, like, I liked him in it. It yeah. was truly, I think, Mark Wahlberg was the one where I was the most like, no, mm-hmm. the movie works because he's not necessarily the best. But there were some of his line readings where it was the stereotypical like, whoa. No way. <laughs> like, in the way... Yeah. Well, to be like, fair, he's playing a, a dumb kid. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I guess that's the other argument, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I 
find the performance odd because I know Mark Wahlberg's tricks by now. Right, but, but this, this was time, 1997. I mean, he had been in Fear, mm-hmm. um, which is a movie I've seen, and it's... Do you know about this movie, I don't Chad? know about it. No, what is I've this? I've definitely told Mark about it, but it's... Um, he finger bangs Reese Witherspoon in a, on a roller coaster. In the movie. Uh, in the movie. Awesome. Um, and in uh, real life. Yeah, no. There's Whoa, not lots awesome. of... No, 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 no. From everything I can tell, it was a consensual thing on set. But, like, <laughs> he shouldn't have done it, but, like, from everything I hear, he it did. actually happened. It's a real Mr. and Mrs. Smith situation. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Do, okay, hold on. So, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, there's rumors that, like, there's a sex scene where there's full penetration. That mm-hmm. movie's PG-13. How was that a fucking opportunity for them to even shoot that scene? It blows my mind. I think it's in the director's cut. Maybe that's it. I've that's uh, it. I've never seen it. Is there like a scene where they're all covered up by a blanket or something? I don't really I think remember. It, their I think probably, probably or like mm-hmm. it's like in silhouette or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, they were that both is... married at the time. Is the other thing. But then they got together after the movie. But there oh, are, I didn't th- realize they weren't already together. Where there's rumors of full penetration during that scene. And then fear, the rumor is they like actually like he diddled each other. Um, but he, he just Weird. plays like a crazy uh, boyfriend in that movie. So like not a lot of acting range there. So yeah, I, mm. I, I think this is like people haven't really seen him in a ton. So it doesn't right. feel like, oh, I've seen him do this shit before. Mm-hmm. Also, um, he's but kind for of- me, it was a bit like, Eh. He's kind of playing into like he's kind of typecast as like yeah. dumb cocky right. kid. Right, right, right. Yeah. So like it works. I just that is the one where I was like, I don't know if this is the best performance necessarily, but nah, I think it's good for the most I part. I honestly yeah. don't know if good. I could believe that Leonardo DiCaprio has a dick that big. <laughs> that it would have to be bigger. Right? <laughs> like like he kills the bear in the Leo, Revenant. Leo that young. How young yeah, was it? This oh, is such Titanic a weird, here, so. This is a weird conversation to have, but mm-hmm. Leo yeah. didn't have that kind of big dick energy. Okay, well, does Pete Davidson get cast as him now? Um, um, sure. Honestly, yeah, if you remake it today, <laughs> Pete Davidson. Yeah, absolutely Pete Davidson. Yeah, probably would be, or Bieber or somebody Do like that. Do you guys want to yeah, hear some alternate Beeps. casting for Burt Reynolds? Uh, so sure. Yeah. Turn down that role. Um, Bill Murray. Would have um, been weird, but so I could glad see it. it didn't happen. Harvey Keitel, which okay, I think would be been, good. Yeah, that yeah. would have been good. Um, Warren Beatty. Yeah, good. Albert Brooks. Oh, super good. fucking good. Good, yeah. Um, Love Albert Brooks. I I think it'd be weird though. I I don't know if different. I could picture him in that. I like role. that it'd be, it's Bert. It'd be different. I like that it's it, Bert. It, it, he wouldn't be as quiet and like kind of calm as Bert is because mm-hmm. Albert Brooks is pretty like right. his whole thing is neurotic and kind of like. Um, well, it's I mean, weird Marlin that you call that you call Nemo. Bert calm because right. he hated. He still hates Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, well, no fucking shit. He's Bert Reynolds. <laughs> like he hates everything. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg Al- also said he regrets doing this movie. Like it's weird yeah. for a movie that everybody loves. Well, that, like a decent amount of the people working on it were like, mm, "Fuck that." Bert Reynolds, mm. in hindsight, like modern day, has been like, "I don't." Want, the movie I, is good. I just will never work with Paul Thomas Anderson again. Um, but Bert hmm. Reynolds did fire his agent after he saw a rough cut of this movie. Yeah. Well, Crazy. because uh, apparently, like, PTA is pretty, like, stubborn and hard-headed and very, like, yeah. exacting. I mean, that he wants his like vision. That. And, yeah. like, that's the thing. He doesn't like um, Hard 8 very much because I think there was more, like, 
other people's hands on it. Um, yeah. like he couldn't even name the movie what he wanted to name it. So like, right. but like, I, maybe that made it a better movie for me that he had a little less control. I don't know. Well, in, in I mean, this I'm, one, he, he came into it and he was like, all right, we're going to do this my way. It's going to be three hours mm-hmm. and it's going to be NC 17. Oh boy. Um, and his producer was like, all right, dude, I need you to do, I need you to either make it shorter than two, three hours or make it R rated. One of the two. Mm-hmm. And he did both. And he ended um, up doing both. Yeah. Well, cause I'm, I'm glad you said that though, Chad, of where like, maybe, uh, maybe I made it a better movie. Cause a lot of people are like, any time the studio but, interferes, the movie's bad. But like, but then, like there are times where they should be yeah. reined in. I think well, he, he was a 26 year old. All film, the Star Wars prequels. He was a 26 uh-huh. year old filmmaker at the time too, and like yeah. that number's probably off by a year or two, maybe. But like right. he was definitely young. Phantom Thread era PTA. Let him do what he wants. I think because like yeah. I mean, I wouldn't change it. a thing yeah. about that movie, and he definitely had full control over right. that. Right. I just I just think there's a a, a mindset a lot of times mm-hmm. of where like no, the I, studio I messes with something. Mm-hmm. It's obviously makes the movie worse, and I do not a hundred like I don't think that's a hundred percent the case. I think the Star Wars original movies are pretty good proof that interference from a bunch of different people actually like helps movies a lot. Yeah. Um, and the prequels are examples of when no interference goes very poorly. Um, but there's other examples where it's like, oh, they may should have reined that in a little bit, mm-hmm. homie. Um, but, so uh, he, he was 26 when he directed this. He was born in 1970. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, all I'm saying basically is release the Snyder cut. Yes, um, because that will be the, <laughs> def- that the, is the definitive Justice League. That <laughs> Snyder cut will be nominated for best movie this year, which I'm excited <laughs> yeah. about. I saw, <laughs> I saw a tweet recently that says, I don't want to see the Snyder cut. I want to see the Trank cut of Fantastic. Which I Honestly, truly which do. <laughs> I would love that. Which, it would be batshit, yes. but it would be probably more cohesive than the actual movie. You know what? Yeah. Let, let Ron Howard do a cut of Justice League. I want to see not? that. <laughs> Why not? Uh, it's a pretty hot take, but I'd be fine if Josh Trink never made a movie again. That's not that hot Chronicles, take, Chronicles good, yeah, but Chronicles everything, I heard of, everything I heard about him on set of Fantastic Four and when he was trying to work on mm-hmm. the Star Wars movie is like, dude's kind of a doucher, yeah, allegedly. Well, I don't uh, think that's too hard of a take because uh, I, no. I, I don't want to think, make a movie again either. My take for him on Fantastic is that he was an indie guy that was thrown into like a hundred million dollar movie that he didn't know how to handle, and then he had like he just got in over his head and got mm-hmm. like like literally like mentally ill from all of the stress. I I mean, there's just stories there that that still doesn't really excuse of like his behavior on set and stuff. Yeah, like that. of like course, was, of course, of course. Right. Um, but anyway, I just if he ever comes out with another movie, it'll be interesting. But like, I just am not really that interested in it. It's just it's the arc that people of that era had is fascinating because like when his indie movie breaks is when Trevor's did and mm-hmm. like those two kind of Trevor's like more successful, mm-hmm. but is regarded critically kind of on the same level of like, okay, dude, like chill. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Blanc, however you say Blomkamp? his name. Wait, who? Yes. Um, the, the district nine guy, people thought he was oh, going to be okay, the next yeah. huge thing. Now everybody is just kind of like shrugging, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's just uh, Duncan Jones was a similar era. Um, he's made 
two super good movies, but then the other two everybody has shrugged at. So there, there just was kind of like a group of people. But like, um, um uh, Ryan Johnson was also Ryan, of that era yeah. and has done great. Ryan so Johnson, like it wasn't well, some everybody. people don't think so, but I think oh, the three well, of us all wrong. agree. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing great. Uh, Anyway, I don't know why, why we got on that uh, tangent, but th- that's how we do. Snyder mm-hmm. cut. Hashtag Snyder cut. Oh, it was your Snyder cut. So PTA said the characters don't really change by the end of the film. Does that feel accurate? To me, it doesn't. I think they do change by the end. They're the found family by the end. They were, it, it, they were that a bit at the beginning, though, and then they just went through some... St- I mean, Dirk Diggler absolutely changes by the end of the movie because he, like, so, he yeah. leaves his family and well, gets adopted into this new one, but, like, does... And I think Dirk Diggler does some some growing up, too, in his, like... Uh, his ego is, like, rocked a little bit when he goes through all his dark times. Right. So. right I think right. that Dirk Diggler says that? Really? might be at the yeah. beginning, the same at the beginning and at the end, but in the middle he makes a big change and then mm-hmm. kind of walks that change back. Mm. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I think, I mean, He's sorry, a, PTA, sorry PTA, the author is dead. <laughs> um, like, I just, yeah. I, that, that, that just doesn't track to me in this movie at all. Now there are some PTA movies where I think that would be the case. I don't think. I mean, now I can't think of one. But um, <laughs> I mean, the the master, Walking Phoenix, and is kind of the same by the end, right? I don't yeah, he's kind of like well. he's a he's a weird character to pin down. He's a he's an interesting one, and I, I don't think um, he changes too much from beginning to end, honestly. Right, there but, will but be, like there will be blood. There's definitely no change. In no, he's view. just he's just a hardened dude. So um, I think PTA just likes that about stuff he writes, but I think there's plenty of PTA stuff where the character changes. Yeah, I think Boogie um, Nights, a- absolutely Dirk Diggler changes. Um, as far as the other people, his newfound family, they might be this sort of like rock that went through some stuff a little bit more. Right, right, right. Like they're not too different from the end than they are from in the beginning. But yeah. you can definitely see the change over the course of their life. Like, I mean... Julianne Moore going from like being an unfit mother to becoming the mother of this new family or roller girl leaving her family. They all have this like Dirk Diggler story of like finding this family, but we just focus on one of those in this movie. So, okay. So, um, sink, 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 sink. Cody's cut. Oh, is that the theme song now? (laughs) I don't know. I was trying to make a cut noise. And that was Should hard I, to do with a human mouth. Were you trying to do... It sounded like the psycho theme in the shower. The Oh, sure. That works. I should input that every time because it's, um, it, it makes you think no, of yeah. I, Cody, what I you want were trying you to, to sound, insert... I think you were trying to sound like this. Mark, how did you make that noise with your mouth? That was amazing. I'm a Foley artist in my third job, so. Chad, what I actually want you to insert, Mm -hmm. which I really do want to be the Cody's Cuts noise, is Wolverine's uh, claws. Like yeah, that's what Mark just made with his mouth. Yeah, that's the noise that Mark just made. With his mouth. The sink sink noise is what I want. Um, Well, I think what you mean is... That was bad. That was great. So good. Oh, good? Yeah, that sounded great. I love it. So... It's time for another episode of Cody's Cut, the podcast within a podcast where I tell you what to cut if your movie's too fucking long. Boogie Nights is two hours and 35 minutes. That's only five minutes over the limit of Cody's Cuts, mm-hmm. but 
still over the limit, so got to cut, bro. And as oh, always, the cut, disclaimer, man. the disclaimer, the disclaimer of Cody's cuts. These cuts cut may the not make your movie any better. In this movie, aren't you? <laughs> the cuts may not make your movie any better. But it will sure make it shorter. He's that is Cody's it. cuts promise. He's gonna okay. Cut the best so starting scene in this off movie. with Cody's cuts is we could lose the scene where he sleeps with an older woman at the beginning. Don't really need it. I don't need it. Um, I think it he sleeps with people the, later. I think it fuels the mother's uh, uh, argument in an in an interesting way. It also later, gives insight into his like goals of being a movie star. Hey, it's not called uh, argue Cody's guts. <laughs> it's just called Cody's guts. Oh, it's time for just Cody to talk. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, well, you could also cut some of the family stuff. I know you guys like it. I think we could just start out with him being a random dude, and we would Whoa. still get the sense that he has a bad relationship with his family. Disagree. Two lines of dialogue, not scenes. Um, but seeing it in a scene is probably there's a, a better, there's yeah. a bad phone bit that could be cut where Louise Guzman and Don Cheadle are like talking on the phone and they're like, is my mother there? And they're like, haha, yeah. It was a oh. attempt at a joke, but it's bad. You Bye. know, that pays back because that is Amber's, Amber's son calling. Doesn't matter. It's a bad joke. It goes on for a straight up three and a half minutes. The scene's too long. Um, and then the Alfred Molina scene could be cut shorter. Uh, oh, good. You, you don't have to shorter. lose the scene. Okay, you good. just could definitely cut it to one good. song instead of two songs. Here, are, are you uh, done? Now it is time to end Cody's cuts. Um, my cuts um have traditionally been like you can just cut a whole character out of a movie. Don Cheadle's character isn't ne- isn't necessary. Uh yeah, I just liked his bits a yeah, lot. No, his bits are good, <laughs> but, but you're not right, super necessary. If we're doing cuts, we're just trying to make it shorter. You know, yeah. so yeah, we, you could lose them. That's a shame. So, Chad, it's, it's, anything it's you shame. would cut? Um, the second half of this movie, just make it a fun, sexy romp. <laughs> hey, it'd be like an hour yeah. and a half, and it'd probably so be perfect. the Razzie winner of the year because it was super horny. <laughs> Chad, right, you, right. you don't want to like you don't want to pitch like a TV series version of this movie. <laughs> Someone <laughs> no, normally I want it to be does. Longer. Uh, no, I think a movie is probably good for this one. I don't want to spend too much time in this world. Like, I can't spend too much time in the Game of Thrones world because it just bums me out. So I d- I'm I about watch to show. stop watching Handmaid's Tale for a similar reason. Um, I can I see that. I've, I, I've not started that one because I know it, it's going to be hard to watch. So I can vibe with Game of, Game of Thrones easier because there are like action scenes mm-hmm. and like it keeps me handmade still is just slow honestly and, um, and very upsetting and, and sad yeah it's slow and upsetting and sad mm-hmm. so it's just like okay well that's a lot you know that's um, why i haven't watched the last season of the leftovers a show that i think is pure genius it's leftovers. very good i haven't finished it either and i haven't really thought about why but that probably is why my like my soul isn't ready for it yeah. Leftovers is much easier for me to watch than Handmaid's Tale. Something about the way Handmaid's Tale is constructed or something just like, I understand it's brilliant. I love its social message, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I just, when I'm watching TV, I just can't really do it. Um, but so a reminder, Cody's cuts doesn't make the movie better. So please don't tell me like, oh, uh, I actually love that scene. Sorry. I'm just trying to make it shorter. <laughs> That's my job is to make movies short. Um, because I don't have a lot of time in my day, so I need movies to be mm. an hour and a half. Look, I watched Winnie the Pooh the other day from 2011. That motherfucker was 62 minutes. <laughs> Holy shit. That is efficient Holy shit. storytelling. Efficient storytelling, and it was good. Um, I haven't seen that one. 
I'm not arguing I'm every movie to... should be 62 minutes. No, of but not. that just says well, a TV they be? episode. Could they be? Could they be? Maybe. Mark, remember when we went to see Fan Forstick, uh, you know, talk, again, talking about Josh Trank, and then <laughs> we, like, looked at it, and it was, like, an hour and 20 minutes, and we were, like, It was, like, oh, 79 fuck. minutes, and we were, like, um, this is going to suck, but I can't wait to waste less than two hours at the movie theaters. See, that's the it good was, thing. I think all bad movies should be 62 minutes, yes. so you don't have to spend that much time. Yes. Because, like, okay. when you watch a bad movie for fun, it becomes not fun at approximately 62 minutes when it's like, okay, yeah. when's this going to be over though? Okay. I have to tell you two things. Okay. A, it's actually an hour and 40, but for a superhero movie, that is like pretty short. Okay. Like, like yeah, it truly yeah, yeah, is yeah, for yeah, a superhero is, movie. That's like usually super two short. hours at least. Right. Can I tell you the top trivia fact for fantastic four? Yes. From 2015, please. Stan Lee declined <laughs> to make a cameo in this film. No way. Wow. That's how you know your movie su- Stan Lee, spoiler, is in Teen Titans Go, yeah, which is a DC movie. His whole bit is that he loves cameos. He straight up refused to be a part of the Fantastic Four. Oh my Four. gosh. Like, make a cameo. That's He's been in, like, that every Marvel that, movie. That just says everything you need to say. Honestly. He's in... 2003's Hulk, which doesn't even do his origin for the Hulk. Um, and he also is like, uh, he cameos like in Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. which are characters he didn't create. Yep. So the, the fact that he created Fantastic Four and was like, nah, dog, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, he played a character in the insane. original Fantastic Fours that was in the comics. Yeah, which was weird. I didn't love that. I but, um, I'm cool with it. What did he do? Uh, I don't remember those He movies. was the mailman. Okay. Yeah, but but it was like a character that would like show up. Are um, you Tony Stank? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> mailman. I'm letting that go. Bad, Those cameos bad, are always bad. Bad cameo. Bad. That one. Um, that, Tony Stank was the the pits for me because it was like you're at the end of the Civil War movie and you're like, what are we no. doing? I, we didn't need. What are we, we doing here? This. Put it um, at the beginning of the movie. Get it out of the way, and then. I truly love his cameo in Hulk because it's just him and Lou Ferrigno dressed as security guards mm-hmm. walking out of a door and saying like, oh, hey, that's it. Yep. <laughs> There's that's no fine. extended that's bit. Fine. Like, it's just in there. Um, Hulk 3 is uh, good, guys. Uh, it's not Hulk 3. It's Hulk, Hulk 2003. Um, Hulk 3 is Ragnarok. We all thought Kinda it was bad yeah. because we were children. Um, rewatch it is my suggestion. Really? That's fascinating. Yeah. It's it's truly a good film. Are the Hulk dogs as bad as I remember? I mean, I wouldn't say like they're great, but it, they're not like the worst. Because the thing is, we watched it as kids, mm-hmm. so we were looking for cool action scenes. Mm-hmm. That is not what the movie is concerned about at all. It is very much like a character study. It's an Ang Lee movie. It's very much a character study, etc. Interesting. Um, I'll go back and rewatch. It's super fun. fucking good. It, it, it's strange. Hmm. Um, not Doctor Strange. Do you guys have anything <laughs> else to say about um, uh, about Boogie Nights? Did you guys like it? Again on this rewatch for you, Chad. So uh, Mark, this, did you like it your first time? This rewatch, I think it was weird because I woke up this morning and watched it first thing, and it was a weird thing to do for like so to start your day. day. To start your weird it is. way to start your day too early. And so <laughs> I think this time I was more critical of it for that reason. I still love the movie, but like I think right. I was 
noticing parts where like PTA can get over himself a little bit, but like yes. he's a, he's a young filmmaker who's like trying out all these things and he's like being pretty bold with them. Like, I don't know mm. in the, in the scene where the, the, you know, the firecrackers are going off and they're doing the drug deal. And he just holds on Mark Wahlberg, not saying anything for like a minute and a half. And he's, mm -hmm. there's a lot going right. on internally there. It's just this, it's this very big idea that like you can tell he was excited about just watching the movie. But at the same time, some of the stuff doesn't work as well as maybe I thought it did going into this watch. And right. again, my, it might've been that I was a little critical cause it was like in the morning when I watched the movie. I don't know. Maybe I was groggy because I hadn't had my morning cup of coffee. But I love this movie. But but, but that's the thing. That that doesn't make your opinion any uh, less valid. And mm -hmm. I think a, a lot of people ignore that or, or, like, get mad about that with criticism. Is like, hey, every movie is just the product of when we watch it, truly. Yep. Like, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I I I hated this movie when I first watched it because I probably watched it by myself in my fucking dorm room mm -hmm. in my twin bed and was like texting my girlfriend who was two hours away and mm -hmm. was more focused on that. Like mm -hmm. it, we, we, we truly are like of our circumstances each time. Yeah. And it's hard to be yeah. like you can't spoiler alert, guys can't be objective about film <laughs> about your opinions it's a true film. story i mean i think like pta is like a master and like we, we're starting to see him yep. like hone his skill in this movie in some ways and like you know we see ripples of things that are like introduced in this movie and in heart eight that sort of carry through his body of work and that's exciting right. but he hadn't like arrived at like making the best movies of his career yet um, no, I think Phantom Thread is is his best movie. It's probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, he really yeah, good. has just gotten better and better with every movie. Except um, that that there will be blood. I didn't. I didn't care. For I it. really like that one. Do you like the Master Chad? I love the Master. Yeah, I, I think, think the it's, an, it's an improvement good. on Boogie Nights, and it's like kind of. Uh, Kind of, it, it feels very similar because it is like yeah. a weird. It, the the cult is the found family instead of like the this porn family. What um, about Inherent Vice? Have you? Watched I've not that one? seen Inherent Vice. I, I kind of have no yeah. interest in it from everything I hear. I think that one is probably not for me. I need either, to go but. back. I watched The Master and Punch Drunk Love before I really understood what PTA was trying to do. Mm -hmm. Like I think when I watched There Will Be Blood, I was like, oh, I like understand his what he's trying to like he he's making a movie that i wasn't used to watching yeah um so i need to go back and rewatch those two because i really didn't like them very much when i watched them and cody, yeah it was always gotta, weird because i liked him and cody you still got to see magnolia so eventually I. I love it it's very long cody's cut segment would be cody's extremely long very for long. that one i don't know if i'm going to pick that one for 99 2000 99 there's a lot of shit so you need to tell me because i need to watch it whether or not you pick it but i will wait until 99 to watch it if you pick it mm. does that make sense yeah Am I talking crazy? So, so chad yeah. will pick soon but um i think this movie is rules um i was excited about it um i like i said didn't like it the first time but now i'm super on board yeah so. so no um, voting this time right no voting yeah. this time i mean well, we just have to accept that it's the best movie of 1997 Very cool. um which i think i can um but before we accept that i need to know where i can find mark on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Wellington Mark, on Letterboxd at Mark0011. You can find me in my bed in a matter of minutes. I have turned into a sleepy boy. Uh, you can actually find Mark on Letterboxd 
at Mark0014, not 011. I fell like asleep halfway through that sentence, honestly. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it's very that's why late I'm here to keep us all in line. So. Yeah. Um, Chad, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Chad A. Oliver uh, anywhere. Oh, I just uh, recently put out a short film that I co-wrote and co-directed called Reluctant Revolution. And you can find that on YouTube. I guess you can type Reluctant Revolution into the search bar and that'd be the easiest way to find it. I don't know. I don't know why my YouTube. Oh, it's uh, Sweet Boy Films is the uh, is the the channel, the channel. So you can find it there. It's not Sweet Boy Films. It's Sweet Boy Films. Uh, that's Sweet the, Boy Films that's the was key. the Colonel's YouTube channel. Well, that was his movie. YouTube channel. R.I.P. Oh, yeah. may, re- yeah. may he rest in peace. Um, Cody, where can people find you? Yep. You can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter. Um, you can find me at, at Cody. Uh, I don't re- know what my name on Letterboxd is. Just search it. You'll find me. Um, you. What else should people do? Um, Chad and I write a webcomic that comes out. Group. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm getting to that. But Chad and I work okay, on a yeah. webcomic that comes out every month. It's called uh, Animal High School. Yeah. It's very cute. You can find it by going to low fi uh, popculture.tumblr.com um, or just by looking on our Twitter. It'll be there eventually. Um, you should join the best, the best, the best, the best pictures Facebook group where we talk about all kinds of shit. Today we were talking about the Academy's new best movie um, so <laughs> edition. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S. That's We Pick Picks because best pictures was taken as was best pictures podcast even though there's not a best pictures podcast <laughs> someone just um, had some which ideas was really to make fucking one. annoying uh, <laughs> yeah but they never did um so i think that's gonna be it hey mark what's the best movie of 1997 um boogie nights or as i call it booger nights Great joke. <laughs> I thought well, of the joke like funny, at the beginning of this crazy. podcast and i was gonna find a good time to say it and then i just never did uh-huh. hey chad what's your, th- your favorite movie of 1997 uh, Booger Nights, uh, Cody. What is your favorite movie of ni- or not your favorite? What is the best movie of 1997? <laughs> the best movie of 1997 is Booger Nights. Remember, everyone, it's my big dick, and I say when we roll. Thanks for listening. Next week, we watch Face Off. Enjoy John Travolta playing Nick Cage playing John Travolta. Um, and also the the reverse of that, Nicolas Cage playing John Travolta playing Nicolas Cage. It's a fun movie. It's, um, it's wild. It's John Woo. It is 90s action. It's on Netflix. Or if you want to pay for it, iTunes and Amazon is always there. <laughs> Some um, people don't have Netflix. It's a weird world.